Hi there. Today you're listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Join me as I share some practical applications of the fruit of the Spirit. Here is where you can learn tools to cultivate things like love when you find your son sitting in paint, joy while cleaning up the paint, and peace in more areas besides just hiding in the bathroom. Yes, it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it. Well, hello and welcome back. This is episode 30. I am delighted to bring you this episode, which is titled Perfect Love Casts Out Fear. And I'm especially excited about this episode because as I was preparing for it, I feel like the Lord really redirected my heart towards speaking to something that I think is really relevant in our society right now. And um, and I'm excited because he did a work in my heart recently in this area. And I hope that you'll find that this particular episode encouraging in your own life as well. You know, the phrase perfect love casts out fear is a, is a biblical phrase that comes from first John four eighteen. So I want to read that verse for you. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. In the verses previous to this, it talks about, like up in before in verse 16, it talks about, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is so also are we in this world in this world and there is no fear in love for perfect love casts out fear i want to address this today because i think as a society as a whole we fall prey to fear probably more often than we even realize now there's definitely um, the obvious signs of fear. There's, you know, I'm scared of the dark or I'm really afraid that somebody is gonna get me when I'm at home alone or I, I fear what's gonna happen to my kids or I'm afraid of walking around in a high crime area or some of those regular fears. But I think as you'll see by the end of this episode that there's plenty of other areas that we let fear get in the way of loving people and coming from a place of love in our own lives and demonstrating love towards others that are more subtle and yet I would say are more destructive than the fear of the boogeyman or the fear of the dark or things like that. So uh, just go with me here for just a minute as I lay out some of this for you, and I think you'll see what I'm talking about. In order to kind of set the stage for this, I want to tell you how this all came around. So I was working on an episode of this podcast about good questions to ask because I think that loving people ask questions. And I realized as I was 
going through that, that I was getting stuck because I wanted to tie it into what is it that's getting in the way? Why don't we ask questions? And this morning, as I was talking to my husband before I did this podcast, I we were having a conversation about the coronavirus. So um, anybody who doesn't know what that is, is probably living under a rock. And if you're that person that doesn't know what it is, and I just insulted you, I apologize. Um, but so we were talking about the coronavirus and how there's a lot of panic going on. And I'm part of a number of different groups online, moms groups, and in several of them, I've seen the panic start to increase. There's people that are asking questions about what do I need to stock up on and what if I can't get this, that, or the other, and what medical supplies do I need to stockpile in my house, and oh no, this store's out of masks. And like already there's a there's a fear and a panic that is starting to happen. And if you haven't been exposed to this yet, um, it's unfortunately probably coming. And so we were talking about it. How, what do what what do we do as believers? Is the question I was kind of asking. Like, how do we trust the Lord, believe Him to take good care of us, not give in to panic? And also be wise in our family. What does that look like? What does it look like? What does it look like when we go to the grocery store and we decide to purchase things? How do we be wise and prepare for something that we see might be coming and also not contribute to the overall uh, panic that society is sort of ramping up on? So that was kind of the the discussion. And it not only was around the, it kind of came up because of the coronavirus, but also um, anybody who follows the stock market knows that um, it went down a thousand points or something early this week. And so, so like, oh, well, there's a couple of things to make a lot of people worried really quick. And how do we handle that? How do we be wise, prepared, and also not contribute to mass mayhem and then create a problem that is all just a panic problem. And I realized in that moment that one of the key differences between fear and love is questions. You see, love gets curious. Love comes in from a place of trust. And so there is space to consider other options. There's, there's a freedom and an openness to ask, what if, what if we did this? Or what if we did that? Um, th- we can ask why questions. Why, why is this important? Why would this be good for our family? Why would it not be good for our family? There's a freedom to say, what else is possible? What else could we do besides panic? What else could we do besides all make a run on the grocery store? What else could we do besides pull all of our money out of the bank and hide it under the mattress? Or how could we steward our our possessions well? How could we set our family up for success? How could we... Um, help others around us? How could we demonstrate a trust in Jesus Christ in the midst of 
society being run by fear in all sorts of areas. And uh, don't worry, I don't think for one second that the coronavirus is the first time that our society is being driven by fear. I actually think our whole political direction that we're going is totally based out of fear. And so from that place, how can we be examples of love? I think part of that is steeped in getting curious and being willing to ask questions. And it is also a litmus test for if you are operating out of love instead of fear. If you have the the stance of asking these questions, then you're coming from a place of trust, a place of putting your trust in the Lord, a place of recognizing that God loves us and has a plan for us and is taking care of us. And that gives us freedom to ask these kinds of questions. Let's look at the opposite side. What's the alternative? Well, fear doesn't ask a lot of questions, not healthy ones anyway. Fear tends to be very protective and very defensive. Um, I think of it as a tightening up and kind of closed off. And fear as a result makes statements, makes declarations. That's, that's where fear goes. For instance, things like, we have to go to the store right now. We have to go pick up these things before they run out. Uh, we can't do that because this, that, and the other will happen. Or I, I have to protect my family. I have to go and can, and, and stockpile because I'm not going to be one of the ones that's running out of everything or quick. Let's, we, we need to go do this right now. So fear gets protective, fear gets defensive, and there's not really a lot of thinking actually going on. Notice that in those statements, it's only, um, there's fear and then there's an action taking place or a decisive action taking place from fear. So it's definitely a survival mechanism. Now there's times when it is important to survive. If you are drowning, if you're on, you know, in an emergency and things like that, it is important to survive. However, if you have done any kind of first aid training or any kind of medical training at all, you know that one of the things that they train you to do is to intentionally calm yourself down and ask helpful questions. To intentionally slow down what you're doing and be thoughtful about what you're doing and, and be curious about what you're doing and ask what else might be going on. I think about, you know, different medical situations where somebody has really been hurt. And the first thing the person goes over and does is ask more questions and get really curious to learn the whole scope of the situation where if you are being protective and defensive and impulsive out of fear, it's more likely that you'll go over and immediately move the person or try to get them out of wherever they are. And that actually can do more damage. We know that from a medical standpoint that somebody could have a broken neck. And if you move them, that that equals dead, you know? So this idea of coming from a place of curiosity is 
is perfect love casting out fear. Love is curious versus defensive and and creating statements and declarations from a place of panic. I also noticed that love is patient. It talks about that in 1 Corinthians 13, that love is patient. But I think that's also an aspect of curiosity. There's a willingness to be thoughtful, to step back for just a second and take in the whole picture, to make sure that you have all the information. There's a place for wisdom to come in and and really help us in that situation versus fear is rushed and hurried. It creates more chaos. It kind of ramps up and creates more chaos. It operates out of a confused place and it's haphazard. If you've ever seen your children be in a hurry to get somewhere and they're afraid they're going to miss their ride or they might be afraid that they're going to miss out on something fun, you know as a parent that it's not unusual for them to have some of the biggest accidents or get themselves hurt at those times because they aren't paying attention. They're running out of fear. It creates chaos. There's more confusion. There's more possibility of them tripping over themselves or them hurting themselves, things like that, just from the fact that they're operating out of a place of fear. And as a result, they aren't paying attention to what's going on, all the information that's going on around them and they get hurt. I think about love being patient in operating with my kids and how fear comes into play if I'm not careful in how I parent. I'm thinking about a incident that happened a number of years ago now, but my oldest son was making a decision about something. And I, I was thinking before this episode that I was trying to come up with what the decision was. And I can't remember actually what the actual discussion was about. But let's just say, for example's sake, that it was about electronics and how long you're supposed to be allowed to play on electronics. And let's say that he was arguing about whether or not the rules that I had set in place were reasonable. I want to put this in a really practical story so that you can really see it. It it doesn't really matter what the argument about was about. It matters how we handled it. And so that's the important piece here. But getting specific, I think, will help you be see it more tangibly. So he's arguing about he he wants to play his video games and he thinks that he ought to be allowed to do that and he's resisting what i say and at first i'm willing to talk about the important aspects of taking some time away from uh from media from electronics, from video games, and doing something else, the importance for your brain. I'm willing to consider some of those things. I'm willing to ask good questions. But in this situation, we had done that. I had talked to him about some of the possibilities, and it kind of went towards a, yeah, but I want to do this anyway. (laughs) 
How many of you have ever had a child that listens to all your logical information and still says, uh, yeah, no, I still want what I want. I, I'm pretty sure that any parent out there has had that problem, uh, or had the situation come up. And so when that happens, a lot of times fear can start to take over in a parent. If we aren't careful, and it definitely did that day for me, it, it definitely did. And I remember it so clearly that I started getting more controlling. Why? Because I needed to protect the possible outcomes of him making the choice that he wanted to make. I started to get defensive. You have to do this. We cannot be on electronics all day long. This is not going to work. I started to be more demanding, to make more statements. I went from being curious to more protective. And of course, he starts to get scared about the fact that he's about to have all of his privileges taken away and begins to panic as well. And so what does he do? He gets more protective. He gets more defensive. He makes declarations. He makes statements. I'm not doing it your way. I'm going to do it the way I want to. You can't make, I bought this machine. You can't take it away from me. It's my property. How dare you? And so here we are arguing with each other. And the reality is both of us are coming from a place of fear. And if we're both coming up from a place of fear, I can guarantee you there's not much thinking going on. There's only survival patterns going on at that time. I'm sad to say that in that moment, that conversation did not work out so well. We definitely ended up in a screaming match. I was very angry. Uh, He was very angry. We were both yelling at each other somewhere in there because of the patterns that we developed over, over the years as a, you know, as with him as a teen and me as his mom, I'm sure somewhere in there, he stomped off to his room and slammed the door. And I screamed at the top of the my lungs and made my throat sore and probably snipped at somebody else in the process, but it, it wasn't a good resolution. It wasn't. However, I do remember going back to my room and thinking about it shortly after we had kind of exploded. And I realized that I was coming from a place of protection, that I was coming from a place of fear, that I was scared. And once I calmed down, I was able to get back into curiosity. What, what else is going on here? What am I scared of? What am I worried about? Why am I so passionate and so quick to lose my temper in this situation? Notice that the curiosity comes back in and it's coming from a place of longing. Like I want to love him. I want to love him well. I know that this way of being with him is not loving him well. And curiosity comes back in and starts asking questions. What else? What else is going on that I'm not paying attention to? And in that moment, what I realized was that I had a driving fear overall that if I let my children spend long hours on electronics, 
that they run a high risk of being one of the statuses of the classic 30-year-old unemployed son living in the basement of the parent's house because they can't get it together. There's a fear. There's a fear that my children would, quote, amount to nothing because they were addicted to video games. And so as a result, that fear of what might happen in the future was driving this defensive, protective attitude in our conversations. Now, of course, I don't want my child to be 30 years old in my basement playing video games, but it's important if I want to come from a place of love that that fear needs to be dealt with outside of the middle of the conversation, to acknowledge it, to give it over to God, to let to trust him with it, and then approach the conversation from love and approach the conversation from curiosity. It can also include some patience, like being consistent and being thoughtful and being wise. But it can also come from a place of surrendering and letting God take care of this. And that maybe, maybe this doesn't look exactly like everything goes perfectly the way I want it to. But as an older teenager, it might look like I've got to relax and trust that God is going to work this out in his life and not hold so tightly to it has to look the way I want to look, want it to look. As a result of doing this work, which is not something that comes naturally to people. It's definitely some like the, this process of asking questions and getting familiar with this. This is something that we do in our mastermind all the time to learn to ask these kinds of questions and learn to have a different thought process about how we're responding to our children. And so I didn't, I didn't just grow up learning how to knowing how to do this. This is something that is a skill that we practice that I practiced with my coaches and now I teach my clients to practice as well. So so I realized this and I went back into the conversation with my son and I was able to be really honest and authentic with him. It 1 Corinthians says that love is honest. It's forgiving, it's patient and it's kind. So how could I be honest with him in the moment? Again, a curiosity question. How could I be honest? Well, I can go in there and I can tell him where this is coming from for me. Hey, bud, I look, I'm sorry I yelled at you. I I really am apologizing to you. I should not have done that. And I want to be honest about where that came from. The truth is, I have a, I have this fear that you're going to end up 30 years old in the basement playing video games if you continue down this path. And I don't want that for you. And I'm I know that this wasn't the way to handle it, but I'm wondering again curiosity. I'm wondering can we together come up with something that doesn't head in that direction? I don't want you to spend all your time or I don't want you to never be on electronics. I think that it's fine, but we need to look at this differently. I, I, it's important to me and what else is possible so that you're on a different track 
towards how you spend your time and how you prioritize things and how we keep electronics in its proper place and it doesn't begin to take over our lives. That's that's a conversation that we were able to have. Oddly enough, he was much more responsive to that type of a conversation than the one of, no, you have to do it this way. Stop arguing with me. Demand, demand, demand. (laughs) When I was willing to get curious and ask questions about what else was possible, he was willing to also get curious, which I think is such an important point that again, as the parent, it's our job to be the example first of what we're wanting to create. And then they have an example to follow. They have something to look at and say, hey, okay, this is what it looks like to have a conversation from a place of love, from a place of curiosity. And they have something to mimic. If we're always controlling, guess what they're going to mimic? Controlling. If we're always coming from a place of fear, guess what they're going to mimic in in their responses to us? Fear. That's what they know. That's what they're seeing. They mirror often what we see, what we do, what we how we behave. And so starting these conversations from a place of curiosity, from a place of love. Now, I want to encourage you that I don't do it perfectly. <laughs> I have kids that are addicted to video games and it is an ongoing battle. And yet I still think that having the conversation this way is wise. Of course, none of my kids are 30 yet, so we'll see how it all turns out. But what I do know is that our relationships are better as a result of these types of conversations. And the other thing that I know is that both love and fear are contagious. Perfect love is contagious. People are longing for it. They want it. And when they feel it, when they receive it, it's something that we naturally want to share with others. Fear is the same way. It's just as contagious. And when we demonstrate fear, other people demonstrate it back. We know this because of, of like the panic that's going around the world with this particular virus that's all of a sudden uh, causing mass panic across the globe. We know fear is contagious. It's contagious in our homes too. And so I challenge you at the end of February here, and we're closing out our discussions on love, to consider how are you coming from a place of love? How are you coming from a place of curiosity? Are there ways that you can ask more questions in conversations with your kids? Are you, are you, even in your body language, as you're talking to them, notice, do you feel relaxed? Are your fists clenched? Do you feel tension in your neck or in your stomach? Do you have your teeth grit? Or are you able to have the conversation with your hands just hanging down at your sides? I tell you, it is one of the most uncomfortable things to do sometimes to have a difficult conversation with my children and just leave my hands by my side. 
in an open stance. But it's a practice. It's a way that I consciously choose to stay in surrender to Jesus, to in my body posture, trust him for help in a conversation. It's a way that I consciously say, I'm going to, I'm not going to hold this tightly. I'm going to release it to the Lord. I'm going to stay relaxed. I'm going to remind myself by how I'm holding my body to stay curious and to stay in a place of love. And as soon as I start to clench up or I start to want to fold my hands or close my arms around in front of me or uh, fold my arms or just, or clench my teeth or look down at my phone and disengage, I notice those as signs that I'm starting to operate in that conversation out of fear. What if this week you could just choose one thing to change in how you have a conversation? Maybe ask one question where you would normally give a statement. Or maybe it's just notice one time where you have a closed up body posture and you choose to release it as kind of a physical representation of faith in Jesus. What if you could just in one moment be curious, what would that change in your interactions with the other people in your life? I can tell you from personal experience, it can change everything. It can change everything. It can drastically change the relationships that you have with your husband or with your children or with a difficult coworker, or maybe it's an in-law or maybe it's your own parents. Maybe it's a sibling that you aren't seeing eye to eye eye with. I don't know. But coming from a place of perfect love, what I do know is that the Bible is true. And the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. Not it might cast out fear. Not someday, hopefully it will cast out fear. Not love could cast out fear. Not it's possible, but it's kind of a 50-50 chance. No. Perfect love casts out fear. You can take it to the bank. And so as you begin to operate from this place, I can guarantee you the fear will leave. It has to. It has to because God said so. So I encourage you today to pick one way. What's one way you want to step back into a place of love by getting curious, by asking good questions, by being patient, by choosing honesty, by surrendering, by relaxing, choosing to be an example of love to the people around you. What's that one way that you're going to love God, love others, and enjoy it? Hey, I look forward to talking to you next week. We're going to be talking all about patience during the month of March, and I hope you'll tune in. You know, patience is one of those things we joke about that we don't really want to pray for patience, 
but it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is something that we're supposed to cultivate in our lives and be practicing and honestly should be bearing fruit of patience in our life. And my heart is to come at it from some places that maybe you haven't considered before, or maybe it's something you have considered, but it's it's worth being reminded of. So tune in over the next several weeks. We're going to tackle some patience together, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Till next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. To hear more great ways of growing your mindset in the fruit of the Spirit, please subscribe. You can listen to other episodes and find additional resources at fruitpursuitpodcast.com. To learn more about Mary Aldrich and the coaching work she is so passionate about, visit maryaldrichcoaching.com. And by the way, what one next step are you taking today?